ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. It is Thursday, February 8th. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. We got a fun show today. I'm looking forward to it. We're going to start off with Ryan Crisp in a few minutes. He's the Associate Athletics Director, Annual Giving, Ticket Sales, and Fan Engagement at Marshall University. We're going to update everyone on baseball tickets, what you need to know, availability there. Also, we're going to talk a little bit about the Fans First Initiative, the progress there with the university. And, of course, we got a couple of events coming up this weekend with tennis, track. Ryan's going to be our guide to update us on all of that happening at Marshall this weekend. So he'll be with us about 5.15. And then at 5.30, we got the word today that the new Tri-State baseball pitching coach was named, and it's Solomon Torres. And if you're an old-school Pirates fan, you probably know that name. He's been around baseball for a long time, 12 years in the major leagues. He was also on the Montreal Expos Dominican Summer League. He was the coach there for two seasons. He was signed by the Giants in 1993, and he was there with the Giants until 1995. He also played for the Seattle Mariners, the Expos, of course, as as I mentioned there, the Pirates. And the Brewers, he was with the Pirates from 2002 to 2007. So he's going to be on the program. He's taking the job now as being the pitching coach for the new Tri-State baseball team. And looking forward to catching up with him, finding out why he is passionate about baseball at this level and coaching young men. And just to catch up with him in general, see where he's at and what he's been doing. So that's coming up. And, of course, we'll get your text in. I know that's going to be something that we're going to hit heavy in the second half of the show because last night Marshall lost. 16-point loss to Troy, 82-66. Marshall now drops to 12-13 and overall, 7-5 in Sunbelt play. Dan came on last night. We talked to him in our postgame. Said the team got punched in the mouth. Used the word soft. Describe the team in those terms. And so the Herd's got a few days to get ready for App State. And that's going to be a tough one for the Thundering Herd. App State lost to Texas State yesterday. Believe it or not, the top team in the league lost to Texas State. And unfortunately for Marshall, Marshall just wasn't able to capitalize on some good fortune. Because with that loss, there was a tighter gap now between the top teams. And Marshall was trying to be among those top teams. Losing this one, so falls back a little bit more. Going to be tougher, more difficult for Marshall to end up in one of the upper seeds. Marshall will probably finish, in the most part, maybe middle part of the league, unless Marshall can go on a run and some things need to happen for Marshall to even have a legitimate shot at the one seed. But realistically, I think Marshall's opportunity to be the one seed has passed Next up for the Marshall Thundering Herd after the regular season is the Sun Belt Tournament. That's where Dan D'Antoni hopes this team will be finally in a position to make a run and to win, get that NCAA bid, and then hopefully Herd fans will be a little happier with the way the season is going. We had a lot, and I mean this, a lot of people last night just upset with the way the Thundering Herd performed. Not that the Thundering Herd lost, Troy's a good team, 
just that Marshall did not perform up to standard. Marshall, I'll use the word soft. That's how a lot of people described it. Marshall came out soft. Now, some of that, a lot of people last night, and just kind of recapping what we talked about last night, if you weren't with us, a lot of people think that that's on coach, and a few other people think that's on the players, and some people think that's on everybody. Where do you think it is? Where's the problem right now? Is that just a tough team that Marshall went up against? I think that Troy's a tough team, but Dan even said they really didn't do anything. It Give them credit, they won the game, but they really didn't do anything necessarily that prevented the herd from having a chance to win the game. And so Marshall now looking for answers. I don't know if we know what the identity of this team is just yet. That's still a big question to answer. We'll talk more about that with you. We'll open up our text line later on this hour. You can jump in now, 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. Marshall women won yesterday as well. We talked a little bit about that yesterday on the show. But they are looking good right now, and I'm excited for the rest of the way for them. They have a legitimate shot of postseason. If they can continue to win, they're definitely going to be the one seed in the tournament, and they're going to have a legitimate shot of winning the tournament. It's not a done deal just yet, but Kim Caldwell's squad is trending upward. Even after losing a tough one at home, nice bounce-back game yesterday with over 3,000 screaming fans, a lot of those kids, but the Education Day crowd, I think that needs to happen for all sports. I want to see that for Marshall Baseball. I want to see an education day. Just open up the ballpark one day for the kids. Let the kids come in and scream all game long. Bring them in as well for men's basketball. Bring those kids in for other sports. I always want to see education days for every sport at Marshall University. It's a fun time, and honestly, the atmosphere was electric and the kids, they just have uh, an energy about them that is contagious. So I had fun yesterday, and I heard from some of you, you had fun as well. So I'm advocating let's do this more often. Let's do it for more sports. Volleyball, we definitely do it there. Softball, we definitely need to do it there more. Maybe just have more than one event. Football, yeah, I know you try to bring in as many kids as you possibly can, but can you imagine if you have a dedicated day where you just bring in all of those kids? Put them in one section, find a section close to the opposing team's bench and just put them in there and let them yell. The pitch will be loud. I think you would win that game easily. Bring them in for your toughest opponent. That's what you do. You look at the schedule and go, what game is going to be tough? What game do we need to have a big crowd for? Have education day. I don't know. There's a lot that goes into it, a lot of logistics, but I think that's something that universities across the country need to look into more. Having more games, not just one, I don't think it will take away the specialness of it, but it's fun, and I like seeing those kids happy. So it was a good time yesterday for the women's game, and, of course, the men, unfortunately, losing to Troy. We'll get more into that with your text. We'll open that up at 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. But we want to turn our attention first when we continue – to Ryan Chris, Associate Athletic Director for Annual Giving, Ticket Sales, Fan Engagement at Marshall University. We're going to update you on baseball tickets. How can you get your tickets? What's that going to look like for you? Also, he wants to update us on the progress 
of the Fans First Initiative. So we're looking forward to catching up with him for our weekly conversation. And then later on, Solomon Torres, new Tri-State Baseball pitching coach, will join us. Many years in Major League Baseball. Now he's going to be in Huntington. If you're a Pirates fan, he's been a long time with the Pirates. So you might have a, a Solomon Torres baseball card that you might want to get signed here in the future. If you don't, I'm sure the prices, at least locally, will go up a little bit as people will try to acquire some of those. Grab them on eBay while you can. Then maybe he can sign them, and you never know. You never know. The price might go up as he's progressing with the team. I mean, success here in Huntington, the price might go up on those cards. you got to speculate a little bit, but looking forward to talking to him. And we'll do all that when we continue, including your text at 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. This is The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to our Thursday edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. Coming up later on the program, we're going to hear from the new Tri-State baseball pitching coach, Solomon Torres. Pirates fans should know him for his many years of service with the Pittsburgh Pirates before finding other opportunities. And he's been in the league for a long time. I'm looking forward to talking to him about his career and, of course, coming to Huntington. So that's coming up next segment. But we need a good leadoff hitter for the show. And to do that, I think we've got our guy, Ryan Crisp, is with us. He's the Associate Athletic Director, Annual Giving, Ticket Sales, and Fan Engagement. And, of course, baseball is a hot topic, not only with the Tri-State baseball team, but with the Marshall Thundering Herd. And, and Ryan is with us now to tell us more about season tickets, how that's doing, opportunities for single games, and you never know. He always likes to drop a surprise or two on me. How you doing, Ryan? How are you, Paul? I'm well. Good talking to you again. And, uh, I'm excited. We got baseball coming up sooner than you can you think. We got softball. The ladies are right now in action, taking on FAU. They looked good in the loss earlier against Arkansas, ten three. But they they really look good. And there's a lot there, a lot of potential. But with softball starting and baseball right around the corner, that means your office is going to be even busier now that baseball is back. That's right. No, I mean, uh, obviously tough to start your season against the number 12 team in the country. Uh, but they competed well, and, and uh, they're looking good right now, like you said, uh, through a few innings here against FAU. So uh, hopefully they can get their first win of, of the 2024 campaign and get a couple more over this, uh, the weekend. And, uh, yeah, you know, we, uh, we got a little two-week break here where we don't have a home basketball game, but it doesn't stop for us. It's, it's full steam ahead. Um, you know, we even got football season ticket renewals coming out in the next uh, – 10 to 14 days probably. And so there's a lot of prep work for that and a lot of planning for that. And then also just planning overall for the fall and, and trying to get our dates set as much as possible. We'll get a football schedule on March 1st. So uh, it, it never stops for us. And uh, we're excited uh, to, to welcome our spring sports. And obviously we've got a new, brand new baseball stadium. And so uh, here we go, you know. That's the rumor that there's a new baseball park in town. It's Jack Cook Field. Everyone's excited about that. And so season tickets have been on sale. There's been a hierarchy for availability. Where are we at now? When can someone who maybe is not in that first spot, second spot, how soon can maybe single season tickets 
How soon can single tickets be sold? Yeah, for sure. So we're, you know, like you said, we, we've done a, a good job with our season ticket sales, and right now they're open to the general public. So if you're looking for a season ticket, uh, you can do that now on HerdZone.com. Uh, in terms of if you're, uh, you know, not available to come to all the games or maybe you live from a distance away, single-game tickets, uh, we should have everything out early next week um, and, and go on sale immediately after that. So just be on the lookout early next week, um, and we'll be, we'll be ready to go. Uh, the fire marshal came back with a good capacity number, so there'll be plenty of room for everyone, and uh, you know we'll we'll definitely pack them in there and let everyone get to experience that opening day um, as much as possible. I would definitely encourage you once we go on sale to get your tickets for opening day, you know, as soon as possible, obviously, because we do fully anticipate a sellout for that game. Uh, but it, it's a good number. We'll, we'll have a, a, a good crowd uh, in Jack Cook Field for that first pitch. Are you able to share that number just yet? Kind of give an idea of uh, how many tickets we're dealing with here. So uh, to create a little urgency, what's that number, if you can share? Not yet. I can't share it yet, but I will tell you that there uh, there will be there will need to be a sense of demand, especially for those those prime games that first weekend, the West Virginia game, uh, those games like that. There's going to be a need to be a sense of urgency to make sure you you pre buy those tickets and you get them ahead of time for sure. And we've talked about this in, in previous weeks that we're going to live with the stadium for a while, kind of figure out what needs to be done, what needs to be adjusted. You're working on, obviously, making sure that there is as much seating as possible, including opportunities in the outfield. So uh, we're not done just yet. The scoreboard, I see the framework going up now for the scoreboard. We're close to actually being able to open this. So there will be some different opportunities, I'm sure, for fans but you're right, get those tickets early because who doesn't want to be there for the first game? Yeah, for sure. We've had a lot of demand, uh, understandably so, over the phones, um, social media, just people excited for it, wanting to know when they're going to go on sale. So just be ready. Like I said, it'll be early next week. Uh, where we'll put out all the information, and we won't spring it on you. Um, you'll have a couple of days to be prepared and, and get ready to buy. Brian Crisp is with us. He is the – Associate Athletics Director for Annual Giving Ticket Sales and Fan Engagement at Marshall University. Fan engagement being a big part of his job. And Fans First initiative started at Marshall University. How is that progressing? You've got some interesting data you wanted to share with us today. Yeah, for sure. So obviously Fans First is something that we, we've shared a lot about. And there's you know a lot of details behind the scenes that, that our team evaluates every decision we do, when we do it, how we do it. And the, probably the most exciting piece of data we got back um, is that the average age of our fan base is getting closer to national average. Um, so if you look at our fan data from uh, about a year ago, um, the 65 and older age group, we were 7% higher than the national average, uh, which just means that we had an older fan base. Um, they judge that fan base based on people in our ticketing system, people that have donated to us, people that are Googling us, uh, people that are watching our games on ESPN+, Plus, people that are buying our merchandise. That's, that's where the data comes from. Um, and we were, we were 7% higher, um, and we were higher in every category of the older, o- older age brackets. Um, you know, about eight months later, um, they resent us the numbers um, on, on February 6th. And for the age bracket of 18 to 24, we, we grew 2%. We're still about 3% behind the national average, but we grew 2%. Uh, for the ages from 25 
to 54. That's actually three different age brackets. Uh, but we grew all of those to get to a national average number in all of those. So now we are on par with our peers, with schools across the country, and the, and the majority of our fan base being in that age bracket. And then when you look at the 55 to 64 and the 65 plus, uh, we're still a little bit older than we'd like to be in those age brackets, uh, but we're much closer than we've ever been. Uh, and we're only a few percentage points away. So that's the idea of fans first is creating fans. And part of creating fans is getting people into your system and getting them bought in. Um, and we're doing that with a younger generation and a younger crew. Um, we've talked about it before. We want to create a fan at the age of 12. So when they grow up, we're not fighting uh, for their for their eyes, for their for their dollars, for their time. When they're 35 years old, we've already won that from when they were 12 years old and the experiences they had. So it's exciting data for us, and we'll keep fighting, we'll keep clawing, we'll keep moving in the right direction. And we know every decision we make isn't going to be what everyone uh, agrees with. Uh, but at the end of the day, we're going to try to make every decision we can to make sure we keep these numbers growing in the right direction for us. I'm just curious, refresh me, where exactly do these metrics come from that you're basing off all of this? And of course, I know that some of that is, as you mentioned, viewership on ESPN Plus and your own internal ticketing metrics. But you know, are there other metrics you're pulling in as well to, to come up with this one encompass, yeah, you know, this one number? Yeah, so the, the company that does it is Learfield, which obviously owns a lot of different entities. Um, they own um, an MMR partnership, a multimedia rights partnership, which we have on campus. They own Packy Olin, which is our ticketing system. Uh, they own many different companies that are involved in college athletics. And one of their um, products they have is called Fanbase. And so that's where the numbers come from. And they factor in every piece of data they can get from, from souvenir sales to uh, Website tracking, they own our website, there, so they're able to track our website and see who's visiting our website and who's clicking our website. And then, you know, obviously inside of our ticketing and donation software, who's buying tickets and who, who's donating to us. And that's, that's where they pull all the data from. Ryan Crisp is with us. He is the Associate Athletic Director for Annual Giving, Ticket Sales, and Fan Engagement. And so I understand the importance of you want to have new fans at an early age, but what's the long-term importance for this metric? You're not trying to get rid of fans. You're trying to add fans is the overall vibe, but I'm sure some people perceive it as, you don't care about me anymore, Ryan. Yeah, I'm sure that's far from the truth when it comes to the older fan base. Oh, for sure. No, we, we are trying to grow our fan base. Um, you know, that's, that's the way you become better is by growing. And, and we understand that we need to grow it from a younger demographic and at a younger age group. Um, and, you know, older fans, uh, you know, they, they've supported us for a very long time and they're in. We're not going to um, overlook them or overshadow them by any means. Um, I think what we've done from a, a fan ex- experience standpoint will affect everyone um, and it makes it more enjoyable for everyone. Um, and, you know, we're not done yet. We're going to fix some of the major issues we have out there and, and make our games more convenient to attend, more convenient to, you know, park, to purchase products at the at the stadium, whether it's concessions or, or clothing or whatever it may be. Um, you know, we're not done fixing yet. Um, just obviously some of those things are longer term rather than shorter term. So, you know, ho- hopefully the experiences that you experience in the venue uh, will, will be better for everyone. Uh, but, you know, we're, we're focused on growing our fan base and growing it at a younger age for sure because then in 10, 20, 30, 40 years uh, when we're probably not here still doing the same thing, um, you know, our fan base will be a much larger fan base and, 
and we'll have more fans in that buying area of their life. Ryan, speak for yourself. I'm going to be here when I'm 100 doing this show. What you, <laughs> have you seen my contract? You know, I'm not. I'm not allowed out of that. No, I'll be here till 100. You got the old lifetime lifetime contract. Yeah, I'm a lifer. I think that's how the that's how the wording was when they handed me the uh, the the contract. They said, "Trust me, I'll, you'll be here a long time." But no, that's fantastic that the you're trying to grow the fan base and a lot of energy. I'm sure with the Youth Day yesterday. That was fun. I know you can't have those kids back all the time, but why not? It was incredible. And, yeah, I, I joked after the game about playing every game at 11 o'clock. Um, they they brought the energy the entire game, um, something like I've never seen before, and it was fun for everyone. Um, and, once again, I, I know we created some fans. I know there's some kids that went home and talked about how much fun they had at the game. Uh, and trying to talk their mom and dad into coming back to another game um, and bring their parents and have their parents buy in. So um, overall, very successful day. Um, you know, over 2,000 kids from 18 different schools across the area, um, and it, we're only going to grow it from there. Um, and so it was great, and the sing-alongs were awesome, and uh, the noise level, uh, they, they follow commands so well. So when we put something on the video board, no matter what it said, they were ready to go, and they followed along, and so... Um, it was awesome, and I, I can't wait till till next year. Ryan Crisp is with us, Associate Athletic Director, Annual Giving, Ticket Sales, Fan Engagement. we got a busy weekend. I know the softball team is on the road. We're not there yet with baseball. Basketball's got the weekend off, but there's some opportunities for herd fans to do fun things, and that's like support tennis and track both those programs home this weekend. Yeah, for sure. Tennis has got a couple matches. They're home tomorrow. Uh, at 11 o'clock, um, they play in Barbersville, at the indoor tennis center there, close to the the Walmart um, on the hill there in Barbersville. Then they got another match on Sunday at 10, and then track and field's home for one last time this year. So they uh, have a couple of events Friday night um, in the Chris Klein Athletic Complex on campus there, and then they have their uh, final events on Saturday starting about 10. Uh, they'll also do their senior day activities pretty close to. 11.30, 11.40-ish, somewhere in that range. You never really know for sure uh, with track and field, but somewhere in that range they will honor their seniors. Um, and that's a program that uh, is definitely up and coming, and they've done a tremendous job. And every time they go out, it seems like they break school records left and right. And so um, definitely a lot of exciting things. And, and maybe head out to a, to a sporting event that you don't normally watch with basketballs being gone, uh, softball on the road, baseball not yet started. Maybe go out and check one of those. Um, sporting events out and, and experience something new. Ryan Chris, my guest, he's the Associate Athletics Director, Annual Giving, Ticket Sales, and Fan Engagement. And Ryan, thanks for warming everyone up. Coming up next, uh, I know you're excited because not only is Marshall Baseball getting ready for baseball at Jack Cook Field, but after that, the new Tri-State Baseball team will be in attendant at the new ballpark. And the new pitching coach is Solomon Torres. You know, I don't know. Are you a Pirates fan from back in the day? Is that your team? No, I am a Reds fan. So me and Mr. Torres, you know, we have some things to talk about. Okay. Um, you know who else is a Pirates fan? You? No, my boss. So yes, me. Oh, yes. yes, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, me. Yeah, but yeah, it's Turner, yeah. it's company policy. I I am a Pirates fan. Company policy. I'll get your off the record answer after this. Yes, yes, you will. Good <laughs> talking to you, Ryan. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, sir. All right, Paul. Appreciate it. That's Ryan Crisp. He is a diehard Reds fan, but 
we're not going to hold that against our next guest coming up next, Solomon Torres. He was a pirate once. He's now the new Tri-State baseball pitching coach. He joins us on the other side of the break here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to our Thursday edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. We've been learning more about the new baseball team coming to Huntington. The soon-to-be-named Tri-State baseball team will begin play this summer. Opening up at Jack Cook Field. So we're excited to have Marshall Baseball and App League Baseball. And as soon as we get the name, we'll know what to call the team. But right now, we do know this. Pitching is going to be taken care of. It's going to be in good hands because now joining us on the program, he was just announced today as the first-ever pitching coach for the soon-to-be-named Tri-State Baseball team. A major leaguer for many years, including time with the Pittsburgh Pirates, so a lot of fans should already know. My next guest, Solomon Torres, is with us. And Coach, I get to call you Coach now. Congratulations on the position, and, and welcome to Huntington. As soon as you, as soon as you make it to Huntington, uh, it's going to be a good time, I'm sure. Thank you, Paul, for having me in your show. And I'm super, super excited about this opportunity. Uh, to come to Huntington and uh, help the team, you know, uh, do a good job. Uh, I'm very, very excited uh, for this opportunity, and uh, let's see what happens. What made you decide that that the Tri-State baseball team in Huntington, West Virginia, was the right place for you? I love teaching. Uh, I played baseball for many years, and uh, to be able to help somebody to take their craft, their game to the next level, to talk to them about baseball. It's a passion of mine. Uh, so when uh, I was offered the uh, the opportunity uh, to be the pitching coach, I didn't even let them finish the sentence. And I say, yes, uh, I'm very excited to, to, to have that opportunity. What do you know about your new job as far as location, Marshall University, the Huntington community? You know, what have you found out so far about where you're going to be working here the next few months? Uh, not much, but it won't be a problem. I already have uh, made arrangement to go there uh, a week earlier to find out what the nearest uh, grocery store is, uh, the nearest gym. Um, and to get acquainted with the with the people down there, to get to know the city, to get to know the people, and become a part of the community. So I'm looking forward to to go there, boots on the ground, and get to know the city, um, and and get to know their people. Is there anything that you have been told about where you're going to be playing? It's a brand new ballpark. It's the first time that Marshall University has actually had a facility that is first class in baseball. It's been a long time coming, and baseball is back in Huntington. That's a big deal for a lot of people. So what have you been told about what you might experience as far as baseball being back here for the first time in a long time in Huntington? Yes, I've been uh, aware of uh, how long the city has been waiting for something like this to happen. And I know the excitement, and I know 
how um, beautiful is the new stadium. Uh, so it's something that uh, all of us, all of us, including me, myself included, are excited to bring the baseball back to Huntington, and not only to be, to bring it back to Huntington, but also to give everything we got uh, to take uh, our team uh, to the playoffs, championship, and who knows, uh, not only baseball is back, but we're back as a champions, you know. My guest, longtime major leaguer, now the new pitching coach for the soon-to-be-named Tri-State baseball team, Solomon Torres. So it's going to be a first-class experience for everyone. What experience do you think you bring to the position? You've played in baseball, Major League Baseball, for so long. But playing and coaching and teaching are different skill sets do you think your your skills translate well into this part of your journey now, especially being, you know, so prominent in baseball for many years at the major league level? Uh, well, let me answer that question with a personal story of mine. In 97, 97, I was playing for the Montreal Expos, and I went home. Went home after midseason, I went home. Um, and retired for five years. So I went back home to the Dominican Republic and I became a coach, a pitching coach for the minor league team in Dominican for the Montreal Expos. So by becoming uh, a teacher, a coach, I also became a student. So I coached the, uh, the team down there, a pitching coach for, for them for like three years. Then five years later in 2002, a day little field for the Pittsburgh Pirates offered me to come back as a player. So I already uh, experienced uh, the first stage of my career as a player, second stage of my career as a coach, and the third stage of my career as a pitcher, as a pitcher back with the Pirates. So I have the experience. I've been in the league for a long time, but one quality that for sure I can bring to the game, to the team, is passion. Passion for the game, passion for my kids to help them to be the best they can be, to take their pitching ability to the next level. And who knows, those kids, uh, if not all of them, can make it to the big league. That's my goal, and I bring that passion. You know, the knowledge is there. The time uh, is there. but the passion that would be one quality that can describe me. My guest, new pitching coach for the soon-to-be-named Tri-State baseball team in the Appalachian League playing here in Huntington, Solomon Torres. What's your relationship with Tommy Gregg? Do you know him? Do you have a relationship with him before you took the job? I, I know Tommy. Uh, I've seen him play. We, we kind of uh, – uh, play around the same time. Uh, we might have faced each other a couple of times. So, But I knew he's uh, a baseball guy, very knowledgeable, has also passion for the game, and I have no doubt that he's going to be the best manager that a Huntington team can uh, ever have. So uh, very excited to work with him. I know of him, and uh, it's going to be exciting to work alongside him 
and to get those kids, you know, where they need to be. My guest, the new pitching coach for the soon-to-be-named Tri-State Baseball team in the Appalachian League, Solomon Torres, and he'll be coming to Huntington soon and bringing a wealth of experience with him. Do you find that having so much experience in Major League Baseball that the students or the minor leaguers or whoever you're coaching, they, they listen to you more knowing that you've been there, you've done it, and you have that real life experience? Uh, yes and, and no. Yes, uh, they. a lot of them are going to listen to what I have to say because of my, my track record. Uh, but also, as a pitching coach, as a, as a coach in general, you also have to know what kind of player you're dealing with because uh, what works for one player might not work for the other player. You know, for one player, you want to be like more um, go down to the level, uh, like the type of baseball they used to and simplify things in order to get them to understand. You know, all the players are going to say, oh, he played in the big leagues, he knows what he's doing. But also you have to show, you know, I'm not only going to teach uh, with, you know, my experience, but also I'm going to show them how to do it. You know, if we're going to be working on a curveball, a sinker, split, whatever it may be, I'm going to show them how to do it. You follow me. You learn from me by showing you. So uh, it works, you know, having that, that track record. There's a lot of coaches in, in minor leagues or in the big leagues that are successful that didn't really have a career in the big leagues, but they know how to coach. They know how to teach. And I think that that's where the secret uh, lies, where when you understand your players and you do whatever it takes, you know, to get them to understand how to pitch, how to uh, face a batter, how to set up a batter, and how to take care of yourself, you know, mentally and physically. You know, I think I can have those two elements, you know, the track record, but also, uh, the ability to to make them understand uh, what it takes to be a successful pitcher um, in this level and also in a higher level, professional level. My guest is the new pitching coach for the soon-to-be-named Tri-State Baseball team, Solomon Torres, spent many years with several teams in Major League Baseball, including the Pittsburgh Pirates. And, of course, there's a huge following for Pittsburgh Pirates baseball here locally. Yeah, I don't want to put you on the spot, but was Pittsburgh one of your favorite destinations during your career? Well, I came here in 2002, and I still live here. Um, my oldest daughter was a year old when we came here. Now I have Allison, she's 20, and Jordan, he, he's 16. They were, they were both born here in Pittsburgh, so we have made Pittsburgh our home. Uh, and we love it. We love the people. We love the city. Uh, and uh, I think that should answer your question. We we love the stadium, one of the best stadiums in the league, you know, by far. So we really fell in love with the city, and we, we, we've been here ever since. So is it great to be able to see what the Pirates have been able to do over the last few years? And as you mentioned, they have one of the best stadiums in baseball. But it feels like the Pirates are on the right track now. So do you get a chance to really go out to the ballpark and, and take in a Pirates game now and then to keep up with them? 
Yes, I do. I I became a fan. You know, uh, I go to the stadium uh, incognito uh, and have my, my peanuts and my hot dog and just watch the game and have fun as a, as a fan. You know, it's for the first time in my life that I've been on the other side um, of the of the field. You know, as a fan, so I enjoy take my kids, take friends, and and it, it's really fun to watch uh, the game of baseball at the PNC Park. Is it hard to be a fan knowing what you know about the game and going through the seasons as a as a pitcher for a professional baseball team? Is it hard for you to be a fan, or is it easy now that you don't have to go through that on a day-to-day basis now? It, it becomes easier, you know, and like I said, you become a regular fan rooting for the team, uh, not judging because you know how a lot of fans – they they love their team so much that sometimes they they get they gonna they gonna throw a fit because the team is not doing the way uh, they decide for them to do. But me being on the other side, being a, a player, I, I know how hard it is, you know, to to do stuff. You know, you have to really work and things have to be right at the right time. So I know what it's like to try to make a, a baseball club. A successful one is it takes a lot of money, it takes a lot of uh, um, uh, ideas, a lot of uh, knowledge of people. So when I'm there, I'm just a fan, you know, rooting for the team, hoping for them uh, to do good, to win. And if they win and you're there, you come out of the game, you know, happy because they're doing good. So uh, no, I, I, it's not hard. I think it becomes easier because now you just want them to do good. You're watching, you know, what they do, and they're on the right track, like you said. They have a bunch of talented kids, and, you know, when it clicks, you know, it's going to be a beautiful, beautiful thing to see. My guest, the new pitching coach for the soon-to-be-named Tri-State Baseball team, former Major League Baseball pitcher Solomon Torres. Uh, congratulations. It's going to be fun to have you here in Huntington teaching the uh, the younger players uh, the game of baseball and it's exciting. Yeah, I, I'm sure you already know, but it's exciting that baseball is formally back in Huntington, and, and we're looking forward to having you here in the community for many years to come, we hope. Uh, that's the idea. So um, I want the, the city of Huntington to uh, embrace uh, me as one of their own. Uh, that's the idea, to not only um, make an impact with the team, with the pitchers, but also with the community. You know, anything that they need me to do, uh, I, I would be available uh, to uh, support the city, uh, be just, you know, one of the locals. Congratulations, Solomon. We appreciate your time today and looking forward to having you here in Huntington real soon. Thank you, Paul. Thank you for having me. And uh, to the city of Huntington, I'm coming for you. That's Solomon Torres. He is coming for you, as he said. Looking forward to Tri-State Baseball soon. And that's, of course, after Marshall Baseball takes the field at Jack Cook Field. We're going to take a quick timeout, come back, wrap this one up here on today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Let's hop into our text line quickly, 304-396-TALK. 
Texer talking about last night's Marshall basketball game said, hard to win in Dan D'Antoni's system if you can't shoot consistently and the man-to-man defense plays Matador defense on driving guards. We'll hopefully see some improvement. They've got a few days to get ready for App State. That's going to be a big one. App State did lose to Texas State. So they're going to be mad. I'm sure Marshall hopefully will be mad. Should be a good game. Marshall's got only a few more games to go before we get into the tournament. We appreciate that. I want to thank our guest today, both Ryan Crisp, who is not a Pittsburgh fan, and Solomon Torres, a former pitcher for the Pittsburgh Pirates, now the new pitching coach for the soon-to-be-named Tri-State baseball team that will be playing at Jack Cook Field. He's a Pittsburgh guy, but I think we're going to let that slide, or at least I'm going to let that slide a little bit. Of course, um, According to um, according to the company handbook, uh, we are all Pittsburgh Pirates fans. I'm I'm kidding. Uh, we have Pittsburgh Pirates baseball coming up this uh, this very very soon season. We got a lot of baseball coming up. Let me tell you that. Honestly, I can't wait to tell you all the things we're going to be doing this spring and summer with baseball. But first things first. Thanks to my guest. I'll be back with you tomorrow here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Until then, you can find the show anytime on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. You can find me on social media. I'm on X, formerly known as Twitter, at Paul Swan. Looking forward to hearing from you. What would you like about today's show? What would you not like about today's show? Let me know. Tell me about it on social media. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Until then, have a great night, everyone. Retransmitting in Glorious FM on 94.1 W227BS Huntington. This is 930 WRVC Huntington, celebrating 100 years of broadcasting. Introducing In Your Business, a podcast highlighting thriving Huntington area businesses. Presented by Moses Auto Mall. Online at MosesMeansMore.com. In Your Business tells the story of Huntington's successes and where you can gain invaluable insights and advice from seasoned entrepreneurs. Produced by Kindred Communications and the Huntington Regional Chamber of Commerce, find it on kindredcom.net, huntingtonchamber.org, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.